Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are going to start off with some solstice music, and the first one you are most welcome to join in on is in the Gray Hymnal number 58. I had the wrong piece of music in front of me. I still have the wrong piece of music. Um, it's Ring Out Wild Bells, and this is not, it's possibly not the tune that you may have heard if this is a song that you sing around Christmas time. This is a British, um, British Episcopal anthem, which is quite lovely. So we are going to sing that one and invite you to join in with us. Our next piece, Hail, O Sun, written by Loretta Notoreschi, uh, reflects the, the fact that this is a time of change. Going, we've been going into the dark, going into the dark, and we're going to turn around and bring the sun back. As, uh, as we all know, axial tilt is the reason for the season. So you will hear us begin in a minor mode, and then I'm going to read a short poem that comes from Ireland in the ninth century, and then we will shift into the major mode to bring the sun back. Thank you. 
I have news for you. For stag bells, winter snows, summer is gone. Wind high and cold, low the sun, short his course, sea running high. Deep red the bracken, its shape all gone. The wild goose has raised his accustomed cry, cold has caught the wings of birds. Season of ice cuts like a knife. This is my news.
invite you to rise in body or spirit for our call to worship. In the shadowed quiet of winter's light, earth speaks softly of her longing. Because the wild places are in tears, come, she cries to us, kneel down here on the frosty grass and feel the prayer buried in the ground. Bend your ear to my heart and listen hard. Love this world, she whispers. Distill peace from the snow and water the cities with mercy. Weave wonder from the forest and clothe grief with beauty. Rest in the rhythm of the turning year. Trace the bending arc, rounding the curve toward justice and vow anew to do no harm. The winter trees stand watch, haloed in the last gleams of the slanting sun. Glory sings here. Heaven echoes the call, repeat the sounding joy. Make your life an answer. Bow, praise, rise. I invite you to pick up that turquoise hymnal open to 1063 and join us in singing the winter solstice chant by Philip Porter. like you can sing one to another instead of sister to brother or whatever pronouns and people you want to sing to at that moment in the first verse Please be seated. Welcome everyone to First Unitarian. Everyone, whether you're a newcomer or you've been coming here for decades, we welcome you to our celebration service this morning. 
and congratulations, you've made it here on this chilly morning. We are less than a week before the winter solstice and soon the days will grow longer again. But in the meantime, we have tamales and biscuititos to keep us happy. We are a large congregation, but we maintain our friendly atmosphere through our small groups where you can easily connect with others and share your interests in God's work. Even in this large sanctuary setting, we are a welcoming bunch of folks. Looking around our sanctuary, we can see some friendly faces. Go ahead, give her a hand. Find the closest and and wave or smile. It feels good to be together. Hello again. My name is John Eldridge, and I'll be your worship leader this morning. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm cisgender male. People of all identities and intersectionalities are welcome here at First Unitarian. Feel free to ask me any questions about the service itself or the announcements after the service. I'll be happy to answer your questions if I can. If I cannot, I'll be sure to connect you with the people who do. We bring our whole selves into this moment, mind, body, and spirit, our whole selves, love for who we are. Come, let us worship together. to tell a story to you today about when the son was born in heaven. This story was written by modern pagan leader Stockhart. It was the middle of winter and the son had grown very old. All year long, the son had worked very hard, rising and setting day after day, all year long, the sun had fed everybody on earth, shining, shining, giving energy to the trees and the flowers and the grasses so they could grow and feed the animals and birds and insects and people. All year, the sun's gravity held tight to the spinning ball of the earth and the twirling ball of the moon and the eight other whirling planets as they traveled around and around and around until the poor sun was busy watching it all. Now, the poor tired sun could barely make it up in the morning. And after a very short time, it needed to sleep again. So the days grew shorter and the nights grew longer until the day was so short, it was hardly worth getting up for. Night felt sorry for the sun. Come to my arms and rest, child, she said. After all, I am your mother. You were born out of my darkness billions of years ago, and you will return to me when all things Let me cradle you now as I shelter every galaxy and star in the universe. So night wrapped her great arms around the sun and the night was very long indeed. 
does the dark go on so long, asked children all over the earth. Won't the sun ever come back again? The sun is very tired, the old ones said. But maybe if you children say thank you for all the things the sun does for us, the light may return in the morning. So the children sang songs to the sun. They thought about all the things the sun gave them. Thank you for growing the lettuces and the corn and the rice and the wheat, they said. Thank you for growing the trees of the forest and the seaweed in the oceans and the krill that feeds whales. Thank you for stirring the air and making winds that bring rain. Every time a child said thank you, the sun began to feel a little warmer, a little brighter. Wrapped safely in the arms of night, the sun grew younger and younger. At last, the children had to go to bed. We will stay up and wait for the sun to rise again, the old ones said. Can't we stay up too, the children asked. You can try, but you'll get too sleepy, the old ones said. But you can each light a candle because all fire is a spark of the sun's fire. Put your candle in a very safe place and let it keep vigil for you as you sleep and dream of sunrise. So the children lit their candles and put them in very safe places and each flame was a little spark of the sun's fire. And the sun peered out from between the arms of night and saw all the little fires and began to feel warmer and brighter and younger still. Early in the morning, the old ones woke the children. Together, they climbed a hill high and faced to the east the direction of sunrise. They sang songs to the sun and ran around trying to keep warm. They waited and waited to see what the dawn would bring. The sky began to turn from black to indigo to blue. Slowly, the sky grew light. A golden glow crept over the horizon. Night opened her great arms, and in a burst of brightness, the sun appeared, new and strong and shining. For in the long night, the sun had rested well and grown young from the songs and the thanks of the children, young as a brand new baby, born out of night once more. Everybody cheered, and the children jumped up and down. The sun has returned. The sun is reborn, the people cried. And they danced and sang to celebrate the birth of a new day. And then they went home to breakfast.
Let's meditate a little. Find a comfortable position for your body today. Maybe your spine's a little straighter. Maybe not. As we approach the winter solstice this week, let us consider the light. On the 21st, as the days begin to lengthen, let's picture our own light. Take a deep breath. And I invite you to visualize an orb of golden light above our heads. There's no right way to visualize it, however you see it. Warm, golden light. And as you picture it, it begins to drip a glowing liquid into our bodies. Picture it flowing like honey down to our feet. It's warming as it drips through you. Your toes begin to fill up and your feet. Let's continue to visualize that filling up and we'll sit in quiet.
What's on your heart this morning? What concerns and cares are you carrying? At the sound of the chime, I invite you to speak the names of the people and places that you're thinking of into this sanctuary that we may share them. addition to all these, we add these prayers. We mourn the passing of former congregant Ed Thomas, father of Mary Thomas and father-in-law to John Edwards. Ed passed at UNMH on Thursday after a short battle with cancer. <clears throat> may Mary and John feel the care and support of this congregation and may light perpetual shine upon Ed. And we grieve with Catherine Probasco as she mourns the passing of her brother, Terry Gimple. We pray for his children and grandchildren. May light perpetual shine upon Terry. We pray for Jan Harper as she readies herself for a medical procedure this coming week. May her recovery be swift and comfortable. We lift up all those struggling with addiction, whether in themselves or in a loved one. May they all find freedom and healing. And in this time of parties and celebrations, may we all be conscious of supporting our friends and loved ones in their hard-won sobriety. Pray for the innocent victims of war. May they be protected and may they be healed. And may the purveyors of war crimes know justice. All these we lift up to the great powers of healing known by many names. Let's pray together with the words of Reverend Joan Javier Duval. Spirit of life, mother of all, mystery beyond our understanding. Here we are, living, breathing creatures with minds that wonder, hearts that feel awe. We face questions that we know can't be answered and tragedies that we know can't be ex explained. May we find patience in all that is unanswered and peace in all that will never be explained. Here we are, living, breathing creatures with open minds and tender hearts. May we hold ourselves with gentleness with all that brings us worry and all that makes our hearts break. May the living, breathing creatures that we are feel the breath of life moving within us and through all things, bringing us into a greater union with the mysterious universe of which we are a part. May we place love at the center of everything we do. Amen. Blessed be you and peace be with you.
favorite, favorite things about humans is the getting together just to make something beautiful for beauty's sake. And I think the way I just said that makes me sound a little bit like an extraterrestrial. <laughs> Better start my sermon <laughs> before I start protesting that I am not an extraterrestrial. <laughs> Come to my arms and rest, child, Knight said. I am your mother. Let me cradle you now as I shelter every galaxy and star in the universe. So night wrapped her great arms around the sun, and the night was very long indeed. Those are my favorite lines of the morning. Better than anything else I'm about to say, honestly. <laughs> Those lines from Mia's story. Because who wouldn't want to be wrapped in such great nurturing arms? what this week offers us. Solstice is on Thursday, yes, and it is not just a footnote to Christmas or Christmas's little sidekick or like, you know, a backup singer, <laughs> although those are really great. Solstice is a whole mood, okay? Solstice is a whole week in my mind. On Thursday, that will be the shortest day of the year, and the night will be the longest night of the year. But today, you can already feel the solstice's power, those great arms growing stronger and more nurturing as we approach that time of deepest darkness. It's already so dark, and it's getting a little darker and a little darker. And then after that day, we'll feel the new year begin to draw us toward her growing light. The opposite happens in the summer. We reach a day with the most light and the least dark on the summer solstice on June 21st. Anybody want to take a guess or anybody know how much more daylight summer solstice has than winter solstice? Like how many hours difference? Five? Four hours and 44 minutes. Very, very close down here. Yes. Day is almost five hours longer at the summer solstice. So that's how much more night we have now. How about in Copenhagen, Denmark? Anybody want to take a guess about how much longer their summer solstice day is than their winter solstice day? Six, 17, I think I heard somebody say. <laughs> It's 36 hours longer. No, that's not possible. <laughs> it's 10 hours, though. 10 hours less daylight right now than in the summer solstice in Copenhagen. They have really long nights in the winter. That's where the concept of huga comes from. Huga trended a few years ago. Maybe you remember there were a bunch of books published about huga. It doesn't have an exact translation, that term, but it's a certain kind of coziness. It's warmth and connection with loved ones. It is enjoyment of simple comforts like a cup of tea, a candle, a soft blanket or sweater, warm food and warm spices like cinnamon and cardamom. Huga is a whole mood too. 
It's related to an old Norse word that means protected from the outside world. That's nice to think about, right? Puka's attention to simple pleasures reminds me of another concept, from one from Buddhism, the concept of savoring. That's the practice of being just fully present and enjoying the gift of each moment. Whatever those gifts are, it's noticing those. For example, the softness of the seat you are on right now, or the warmth and light in here. If you feel even a little bit more at ease right now than you did when you first walked in this morning, you can savor that too. It's noticing what's good, what's comforting, what's nourishing, what's pleasurable. It's kind of like a gratitude practice, but it's more embodied and more in the moment. We feel the things that we savor. Solstice is a good time for that, for huga, for savoring, especially, especially if you're going through something hard right now. Even those of us who are doing great and welcome Christmas this year can use the gentle balance that solstice provides. But if you're going through something tough, or if you're not a Christmas person, like if that's just not your tradition to celebrate it, the Christmas season in the United States can feel like a campaign of culturally enforced cheer, right? Like, holy Toledo, there is a lot of Christmas, like everywhere, all the time. I know somebody who experienced a terrible trauma one Christmas years ago and still struggles with tough feelings all through December. They wear noise-canceling headphones, which blast rap music when they go into public spaces all through the month, which I think for them is good self-care. The enforced jolliness is just too much. And there are many people for whom December brings up painful feelings for a variety of reasons. Solstice says, it's okay to not be okay. However we are feeling, up or down, the quiet, nurturing dark resettles us. It wraps around us. It balances the energy of all those bright lights and festivities. In the Druid tradition of Western Europe, the winter solstice ceremony is known as Alban Arthen. Arthen comes from Arthur, and Alban means white or light, so it means the light of Arthur. Alban Arthen celebrates the ritual story of the sun god, Arthur, who dies and is reborn as the son of light at the winter solstice, becoming the savior of the British Isles. If the birth of a son who is a savior sounds like another story we hear at this time of year, that is correct. The Christian nativity story is one variation on one of humankind's oldest story themes. The Druid tradition draws connections between the dark night of solstice and dark nights that are part of our spiritual lives. Times when we might feel lost, unable to see or to imagine what's ahead, or times when we're afraid that things will never get better. Like when you're going through something really hard, it can really feel like it will never get better, right? The Druids traditionally hold their solstice ceremonies outdoors with a view of the rising and setting winter sun. Participants tie black strips of cloth to symbolize mourning, like grieving, to their clothes. The ceremony begins by wishing peace to the four corners of the earth and purifying and consecrating the circle, which is the ceremony space, with water and fire. In a ritual enactment, the youngest one, Nabon, 
question of the ancient one. Nabon is also the name given to the young new sun that will be reborn after the longest night of solstice. Teach us, wise ancient, to what period of time have we come, says Nabon. And the ancient replies, we show to you, young one, the birth of the youngest one who bears your name, who is born in silence and weakness as the smallest of light. The oak is bare, the earth is cold, the sky is black. From where could hope arise, another person says. The cold and dark have grown strong. We mourn the passing of bright days, says another. And then all the lights are turned off or extinguished, and the ceremony is plunged into darkness. And there the people meditate, held in the dark and in the silence. They practice letting go of that which has ended. Practice, because sometimes we have to do that many times to really let go, right? They prepare themselves for the return of the light. And finally, the participants remove the black strips tied to their clothes, and a lantern is lit in the direction of the solstice sunrise. Then other lights are kindled from that first one, symbolizing the one source of all light and life and love from which we are born. Mistletoe, representing darkness and growth, is brought from the north, and it's joined with oak, the tree of eternity and of the present moment. And together they're passed around to each participant. Darkness, growth, eternity, the present moment. This ceremony taking place at the end of the darkest day of the year and the beginning of the return of the light marks both a completion and a new beginning. It's a turning point kind of a ceremony. The word solstice means standstill. And like the pause in our breath between inhalation and exhalation, the earth at solstice seems to stand still for a minute before returning. The Druid tradition dates back to before Christianity swept over Europe, a time when people throughout Western Europe celebrated the solstice with food, evergreen boughs, holly, and especially with fire and light. Festivities could go on for nearly two weeks, a tradition that carried over into the 12 days of Christmas. The Romans called it Saturnalia, and right around the time Christianity was taking root there, the Romans were already celebrating what they called the birthday of the unconquered sun on December 25th. In the north, the Norse people had Yule for their celebration, and some linguists believe that Yule might be the root of the word jolly. By the way, between services, somebody told me that huga might be the root of the word hug, which is so right. That's what I said. Oh, that's <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> Indigenous traditions in other parts of the world, including New Mexico, of course, uh, also involve solstice stories and ceremonies. So often we speak of dark and darkness as though they are negative things in this mainstream culture in the U.S., but light and dark can both be either positive or negative. Jackie James writes, light can be blinding, bleaching, enervating. Conversely, we must acknowledge that darkness has a redemptive character, that in darkness there's power and there's beauty. The dark nurtured and protected us before our birth. Welcome darkness. Don't be afraid of it or deny it. Darkness brings relief from the blinding sun, from scorching heat, especially here, from exhausting labor, she writes. Night signals permission to rest, 
permission to rest. The dark of winter is a time of hibernation. Seeds grow in the dark, fertile earth. The story Mia told was written by Starhawk and a couple of other writers. Starhawk writes that when we reject the dualism that separates the world into light and dark and good and bad, it's healing to hold those both together. She says, instead of enlightenment, which has the word light in it, we begin to speak of deepening. We remember that in the old myths, the entrance to the realm of the spirit was through the fairy mound, the cave, the crack, the fissure in the earth, the gate, the doorway. We call it the underworld, she says, and we go within it for our visions. The dark is a place of changing consciousness. So it would be hard to grow up in the U.S. without knowing how to celebrate Christmas. We just ambiently absorb, right, the rituals and traditions and, like, how you do it. It's everywhere around us. But most of us were probably not ambiently taught how to celebrate the solstice, right? You may even not ever have specifically been taught how to celebrate the solstice. So if you'd like to do something to honor it this week, you might want some ideas. So I'm going to crowdsource a few, and then I'll share mine. I know some of you already celebrate solstice in your own ways. If you feel comfortable, I invite you to call it out, and I'll repeat it back here. What are some of the traditions we already know here? Go ahead, Sandra. A ball of bird seed. Wrap a ball of bird seed in red string and hang it from tree branches. Yes, feeding nature or giving back to nature is also on my list. Yeah. Light candles. Mm -hmm. Oh, at the Open Space Visitor Center, Lisa says they created a mandala of bird seeds. That's lovely. Every year. A walk in the woods. Yep, thanks, Teresa. I know some also do the eight days of solstice and give gifts on each of the eight days. Way to make the most of it. Much better than Christmas. <laughs> do you do that? Oh, no. <laughs> it's a good one. Okay, yes. Yeah, so that one is seconded. <laughs> Anybody else? Meditate with candlelight. Oh, say that again. Oak King and Holly King. The Holly King yields to the Oak King at winter solstice. We're going to hear more about that in a second, I think. <laughs> yeah, a few minutes. Yes, Joanne. In Kerala's, a group of poets get together and read poems for the in the dark by candlelight each year. Love it. Got another one, Lisa? Lisa knows how you can go on a mistletoe walking tour. Yes, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Here's some other ideas, too. Um, you can build an altar, a solstice altar. 
it can find a little spot and it does not have to be like an Instagram sort of a spot, right? It could be any spot that works for you. I am currently building a solstice altar behind my kitchen sink because I have room there and it's on an island that puts it in the center of a space where I hang out a lot and I wanna be near my altar where I can see it. You can build an altar on a table, a mantle, a counter, or in a mason jar, a portable altar. <laughs> it's fun to do with kids too, if you happen to know any. So what goes into a solstice altar? Uh, it just depends on what you've got. I like to use evergreen boughs, pine cones, branches, symbols of winter. Ivy is associated with good luck. You might include cinnamon sticks, a candle or a few candles fairy lights, maybe a bell to ring in good energy. You can bundle up and you can visit the mountain or the bosque or just go outside, like Teresa said, and check out that earliest sunset. Find out what the critters are up to at that hour. On the longest night, you can turn out all of your lights and spend some time in that deep darkness and then light a candle and then light other candles from that candle, bringing the light back into your space. You can also celebrate solstice with cups, the covenant of UU pagans, that kind of cups. That's our pagan group here at First Unitarian and they're gonna hold a gathering on Friday and they invite everyone to join and that's what you'll hear more about in a few minutes. You can also just take time to be, like to just be on the solstice, to get cozy, to savor, maybe contemplate what you're letting go of and what's being born. There are so many kinds of coldness and harshness in our world. In the last couple of months, the war in Israel and Gaza and other violence have made this feel like a very long winter already. And we pray for a sustainable peace soon. This solstice, wherever you are in your life journey, I hope you'll experience whatever clarity you need to make room for what's being born next in your life, for what is waiting to be born. I hope you'll experience renewal and warmth and repair that's needed, love. If you're experiencing grief of any kind, may you take comfort in that embrace of winter dark and receive what you need for it as you wait for the sun to appear again. Whoever you are, wherever you are, may you receive the invitation for deepening in whatever way you're called in this wintry time. Peace, love. The famous historian Howard Sin once wrote, human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion, sacrifice, courage, and kindness. We don't have to engage in grand heroic actions to participate in the process of change. Small acts, when multiplied by millions of people, can transform the world. 
We will take our offering in a moment with these words in mind. But to carry out our work, we engage with organizations whose mission resonates with our own. Our Change to the Future partner this month through February is Casa Q, a caring organization that provides safe living for LGBTQ youth and their allies through housing services and advocacy. You may mark a pew envelope CFF or place coins in the basket to benefit Casa Q. We will now gratefully receive the offering. One of my favorite things about solstice music is that because so many cultures across the, the world have been observant of the astronomy of the event, there are a lot of songs that blend different cultures. So our anthem here, Welcome Yule, is an uh, early 20th century musical setting by Charles Hubert, Charles Harry Hubert Hastings, no, Hubert Hastings Perry. There we go. There's too many names. Very, very British sounding. Um, but the text is from the 15th century, also British, and celebrates many of the Catholic feast days that happened during this winter time. So Stephen and John, um, Thomas, Martha, one, and Innocents all, and our Queen of Bliss. So lots of different feast days sampling. And you might notice that this sounds like we are toasting every time we say welcome. So you can imagine drinking songs also come into play for toast. This incredible generosity is greeted with such gratitude. Thank you on behalf of First Unitarian, and thank you on behalf of Casa Q, a very worthy organization. We have a few announcements. 
you may have wondered over the years, where does the change for the future donations go when you drop your change, usually in my case, coins, into the collection basket? And I have a little update for you. These change for the future partnerships can really make a difference. $4,565 was raised by the Coalition to Stop Violence Against Native Women, which is our most recent Change for the Future organization. <laughs> and now the question is, which organizations do you want to see supported in the coming year? If you want to encourage a local nonprofit to apply, please send your name and contact and the name of the organization to Gail Potter. Gail's email is in the order of service and the deadline to apply is coming up, December 31st, 2023. I think we have a contingent for this next announcement. Hail and welcome, the Covenant of Unitarian Universalist Pagans, Coyote Willow, invites you to join us for our Yule celebration of the winter solstice this Friday evening at 6.45 p.m. in the Memorial Hall. There will be a potluck feast, wassail, singing, and poetry as we reenact the epic rap battle between the Oak King and the Holly King. The waning year versus the waxing year, who will take control of the crown of light? <laughs> Join us for fun and merriment and companionship. You'll be glad you did. <laughs> I'm not giving you the microphone again. <laughs> Susan. Uh, Christmas Eve coming up. If you would like to sing extra music, at the Christmas Eve service. We'll be singing for all, but come join the Come As You Are Choir. We are being, uh, we're singing with folks from Albuquerque Center for Spiritual Living. Clarissa Wolf will be one of our song leaders, and you can come. We're rehearsing tomorrow, Monday, and Thursday at 6.30 right here. You can come to either of those rehearsals or both, and then we will sing at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock with caroling in between at 5, and if you can only make it to one service, do it anyway. That sounds like so much fun. So speaking of uh, services for the next two weeks, I invite you to check out your order of service because things are different the next couple of weeks and you will want to know what's going on when. For example, next Sunday, which can you believe it or not, is December 24th, there are no morning services next Sunday. No morning services. So come at 4 or 6, but not 9 or 11. So <laughs> All right. And we always have our discussion questions. So our discussion question today is, where do you find comfort in the dark? Where do you find comfort in the dark? Something to mull on, maybe talk among your friends or family. All right, and do we have any visitors here today who would like to put their hands up so we can give you a warm welcome? If you're, hi, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. If you haven't had a chance to check out the welcome table, please do. I also encourage folks to come to at least one more service because no two Sundays are the same at First Unitarian. It's quite a hodgepodge. I don't even know what to expect myself. So, <laughs> All right, and we're going to do our peace greeting in a second, but I realize we haven't explained this in a while for folks who haven't been around for a while. We do a peace greeting. It has origins. Remember the, remember the pandemic? <laughs> so 
our soul singer group, which is another singing group that Susan runs, uh, at the end of their services, their, their rehearsals on Zoom, would do a peace greeting. They would put a hand on their heart and with the other hand reach towards their cameras and see everyone in the gallery view passing the peace. And that's so, it's such a beautiful gesture. You know, the pandemic was a kind of darkness, a kind of solstice, because this place was dark. We were meeting online. The lights were never turned on in the sanctuary. And uh, in that darkness, there was this generous gesture of genuine love. We picked it up and did it on the Zoom services, and now we're doing it here. And I invite you all to rise and body your spirit and place one hand on your heart and with the other hand, offer peace to your companions on the journey. Such a blessing to be together. Blessed be. And while you're there, I invite you to grab that blue, uh, actually not blue, the gray hymnal, number 235. We'll end with Deck the Hall with Boughs of Holly. And if you look at the words, this is more of a pagan carol than a Christmas carol. So let's sing it with, we're going to troll this carol, which means to sing with gusto, sing loudly, troll the carol. peace, friends. May love bless you and keep you until we are gathered again. Happy solstice. Thank you.